It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! All right, cut the music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World! The McNutted Michael Crystal, the ATM Adam McFerrin, the 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, to another episode of the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast. As always, I'm your big grizzly bear host, McNutted, also known as Michael in real life. You can find me on Twitter at Iowa Michael. And as always, my beautiful human being co host, my favorite person, probably in the whole wide world outside of my five year old daughter, Adam. What's going on tonight, Adam? High praises from McNutted, Michael. What's going on, everybody? Back in episode seven. This is a weekly thing, and I got news for you guys. We ain't going anywhere. I'm not leaving. Not leaving. I wish I could say the other part to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wish we could, man. For those of you in the know, you know. You know. Before I forget, you can follow this man on Twitter at ATM4DChess and... Eventually, I will start plugging our actual podcast handle on Twitter, but I really only use it to tweet out show information. I do all my tweeting from my account, Adam, from his, but it's a nice thing to have. We don't want anybody uh, stealing our thunder if this ever becomes a, a huge, huge, huge deal down the road. I don't want to pay some nerd to get my handle back. So, Stole my handle. Hey, Super Bowl happened this week. What would you think? Means just some instant, uh, um, not really instant reaction, but your reactions to what happened in the Super Bowl. I thought it was a very good game. Halftime show was everything that I wanted. And speaking of the halftime show, that tweet someone sent out uh, if you enjoyed this year's halftime show, reminder to schedule your colonoscopy. <laughs> I was dying, man. The, oh. They got us. They got so us. When you're eight, halftime I, show was awesome, man. Yeah. Halftime show was awesome. I enjoyed the game. The game was close. It was tight. I didn't have much of a rooting interest. I know I said Bengals by a billion, but that didn't happen. But we got a good game out of it. We got a good halftime show. 
I mean, your thoughts, Adam. What do you think of the Super Bowl? It was a good one. I think there were some people that maybe were a little disappointed. There was a lack of scoring for a lot of the second half till the end there. I thought it was a really good game. I think, man, McVay, it seemed like, was getting a lot of shit for running the ball too much. I feel like when you watch that game and think about their situation, I mean, Higby being down, so all their tight ends in the block game are pretty much a negative. They're, they're like, passing and rushing blocking is not very good. Um, And then you go – OBJ goes down, so you have pretty much Cooper Cup as your only really reliable – you got Van Jefferson, um, you know, as far as pass catching. So I thought he did a pretty good job to find a way to make them win that game, man. There there was times where – just scoring at all looked like it was going to be trouble for LA. It was rough. I didn't know if any one of those quarterbacks was going to finish out the game. They both uh, limped off the field there a few times. It yeah, they rough. did. They were they were taking some hits. I I don't know how many sacks the Rams had on the Bengals there, especially in the second half. But it was not pretty. They need to fix that offensive line. I know we've talked about it before on other podcasts about about them with the cap space. Like, I'm fully confident they're going to fix that thing going into next year. But, I mean, that was pretty much the what changed the game there. I mean, o- OBJ went down. The Rams just kind of sputtered along there for a lot of the game until Eli Apple did Eli Apple things. And, uh, you know, that, that Bengals offensive line, I mean, they, they kind of let the, the team down. They had it there for a while. But, I, yeah, yeah. I, I hate to say – we always think that if a team gets to the Super Bowl and they lose it, like they'll be back. They're going to have a tough road back, no, no matter how young they are, how much cap space they have. Like it's an exciting team, but you got to go through Mahomes, you got to go through Herbert, you got to go through Lamar, you got to go through Josh Allen. Man, that's a tough road to back to being at the top of the AFC for them next year no and doubt, in future man. years for you know the next ten years. So. They, they had a shot. They had an opportunity. It, it sucks for them that they came up short, but a uh, good year for them. Uh, history will forget them as the team who lost the Super Bowl. I mean, nobody really cares about the loser of the Super Bowl. Congrats to the Rams. Congrats to Aaron Donald. I mean, he kind of had me in my feels there, especially him tearing up like that and him yeah. talking after the game about how much it meant to him. Uh, good for Matt Stafford, even though at times he played like Matthew Goff this year. Uh <laughs> It's it's good it's good for him to finally you know get, get some records. Yeah, Is number sixteen. I can't uh. add seven. It's like the same thing. You couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, man. It was it was a good game. But you're you're 100 right, man. The Bengals, as much as they could bolster that team around Burrow, getting back to the Super Bowl, no matter how good you are, is a tough thing to do. So, as much as we would like to see him back at some point, you know, just from everything they got going on, it's not far from guaranteed. I'm I'm interested to see what the Rams do. I mean, they they're kind of in a tough spot. That offensive line obviously didn't look good for them either. They could not run the ball for shit. I I'm not going to put a lot of stock into you know it's the Super Bowl. It's the biggest game. Cam Akers only ran for like 1.3 yards a carry, coming off of an injury. That offensive line looked horrible. I mean, a lot of times he's getting hit in the backfield. So I'm not taking a lot of stock up stock down and in, in my cam Akers shares nah. uh, interesting to see what happens if uh obj comes back i mean i i said it ray has said it coincidentally i think i tweeted it out and i hadn't watched his show on monday but if you got obj on <laughs> dynasty i mean 
sell them for whatever the hell you can get, <laughs> you know, a third, a fourth, some fab. It really, whatever you can get in return, yeah. it's not cutting him to the waiver waiver wire. <laughs> Eventually, you might just have to cut. He might be the uh, the Gus Edwards, you know, where he's just clogging up space on your roster. It's it's sad for him, but he's got a Super Bowl ring out of it, so I'm sure he really doesn't care too much. <laughs> that jewelry is going to look nice. Yep. Absolutely, man. He got to stick it to uh, old Baker Mayfield. <laughs> one one nice jab and twist of the knife. It felt good for him, I bet. Man, it was either, you're, as a Browns fan, it's either your division rival is winning, the, the team that was supposed to finish in last in the division, beginning of the season, or OBJ left and goes to the first team and gets a ring. So <laughs> there was no winning as a Browns fan. Well, it's officially... The offseason, the official time where we make our money, make our hay, the dynasty offseason. We've been in full swing for a while. I mean, you know, the the playoffs for us ended in week 17. <laughs> it's been offseason ever since. But officially, and now it hits you, no football till, I mean, September. So here we go, dynasty offseason. So let's get into our topic tonight, what we wanted to talk about. Trading was going to be the topic, but we decided what we're going to do right now is dive into league size. And because best ball is becoming so popular, especially for Adam and I and a lot of the circle that we run in, because people are doing so many leagues, best ball is so damn appealing. We're going to dive into the differences between best ball, lineup leagues, and then how the size of your league affects what you do, how many starters you have, how deep the rosters are, I get a lot of opinions on trade advice and your lineup size does matter on some of these trades. You know, the, the, the basics of it is the smaller, the lineups, if you're only starting nine guys, you really want studs. But if you're starting 13, 14, you know, some of these crazy leagues, 15, 16 guys. Yeah. You need depth and massive, (laughs) massive amounts of depth. So I'll kick it over to you. Let's start with lineup versus best ball. Because I don't know how many people are actually getting into best ball. It was a new feature introduced by Sleeper last year, uh, which is fantastic. Good for Sleeper to do that. That's It's been a game changer for me. I know a lot of lineup leagues that I wasn't too interested in. I kind of went by the wayside. Uh, you know, I found replacements, paid out, you know, got bought out. Whatever the case may be, it was like, you know, this league isn't very active. I'm not. I'm not enjoying myself as much as I can. I found a replacement. Here you guys go. But my best ball exposure has exploded. You know, we're up to seven, eight, nine best ball leagues at this point, dynasty best balls. So it's pretty much all I'm going to do going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about lineups versus best ball. What are your opinions on like some key major differences if you're in a lineup league versus a best ball league? Yeah. So I think when you're talking just best ball and lineup, like Mike, Mike kind of hit the nail on the head there. If you're dynasty degenerates, right? That's what I like to call the audience kind of playing around. But if you're like us, you want to be in as many leagues as possible. But when you start getting into 10 plus, 15 plus leagues and you're setting lineups on Sunday morning, it just, it can start to take the fun out of it. I understand there's a strategy aspect to people setting lineups and stuff, but Setting all those on Sunday, it just it can take some of the fun out of actually watching football. So for Mike and I, we're we've really moved into best ball, and that's probably gonna be the main league we're focusing on 
the setting we're going to be doing moving forward. So when we're talking differences with best ball and lineup leagues, I think that it depends on league size. But when you're talking best ball and lineup, best ball, like in particular, there's there's a lot of things we can talk about. I want to talk about stashes, though, because when you're in a best ball league, every single person that's in your roster has an opportunity if they have a pop week to make your lineup, right? So if you're rostering guys like Granson, kind of Granson, uh, Noah Gray, some of these guys that you think we have dynasty upside in the future, but they're giving you absolute zeros week in and week out. They're actually killing your best ball lineup because you basically have two, three, four guys that have no chance to make your lineup. You want every single one of those guys to have a chance to make your lineup where in a lineup league where you're setting rosters, those guys are really nice stashes because you don't need to, you don't need to insert them in your lineup, right? You probably have a taxi squad too. So you have four players that aren't even going to be needing to be put in your lineup. And then you have another five, six, which don't get lineup consideration. So like, that's a, that's a subtle thing. I think that gets lost between the two. There's a lot of differences. I think Mike and I can get into here, but that was one. I kind of wanted to start with, and then we can work our way into some other stuff too. For sure. As the uh, resident champ of Ray's Bomb Squad 1 League, I can attest to exactly what you're talking about here. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. That's <laughs> I mean, McNutted. I got to teach you guys all my secrets on how you take down these leagues. So Bomb Squad 1 is a what I would consider, and I think you can back me up on this, a shorter bench best ball league. I think we're at 25 roster yes. spots total. Yeah, it's not it's not super deep lineup or as far as roster size and then yes. it's all it's also only a start 10. Yes. So it's one of the the smaller leagues. You know the uh, the other leagues I commission that are best ball. We're drafting 35, 36, 37 roster spots and it gets pretty damn brutal in those, e- those later e- rounds. Even but the people the- that are like know what they're doing we get to round 34 and they're like why are we still drafting we want these guys off the waiver wire yeah i i don't i don't like waivers being a thing in dynasty i really don't i I think if you want to improve your team you should be forced to go trade or draft well in order to improve your dynasty roster you shouldn't be able to pick up guys off of waivers that are going to come in and be be starters but that's besides the point. So, anyways, it's a it's a smaller, what I would consider a smaller one. So, exactly what Adam's talking about. You, if you're in a competing team in that with a smaller roster, you don't have room or the luxury of stashing the Hunter Longs of the world, the Noah Grays, the uh, you know Javian Hawkins might have been a stash for you, Jared Dokes for me, uh, Mir Smith Marset. I mean, the list goes on and on on these guys where. They don't carry a lot of dynasty value, but guys you'd like to have on your roster in case they do hit, like these long dart, you know, huge upside kind of guys where you, you pay absolutely nothing for them, but you're hoping they explode. For me in that league when I was competing, and Adam can attest to this, I invested a lot in old, crusty guys that no one would want, like the Daryl Williams of the world. You know, I made a trade for Leonard Fournette before it was really like Uncle Lenny taking over and being Lenny Fournette for the rest of the year. Uh, who are some other uh, D- uh, Booker, Devontae, Devontae Booker. Booker? I mean, like, so I, I actually just noted this real quick when I was thinking about doing the show. So 
Like this is week. I want you to think about this. This is week, the championship week in most people's league, right? These people that I'm about to list were top 25 players at the super flex spot. Okay. That's including quarterbacks. Rex Burkhead, Justin Jackson, Josh Johnson, Isaiah McKenzie, Byron Pringle. Right now, I'm not telling you that these guys are great dynasty players. Don't do not listen to this for the first 15 minutes and say ATM and McNutted are saying you got to go get Isaiah McKenzie. No, that's not at all what we're saying to you. That is not the point of this. The point is in best ball leagues, as opposed to keeping those stash players that are dynasty upside guys that you want to break out in a year or two, maybe three if it's a tight end, but are not putting points in your lineup right now, you're wasting the best ball spot where all these pieces are fluid and get in your lineup. You'd be you'd be better off as gross as it sounds, the the final two, three, four spots, if you don't have guys that are real dynasty players. Going back and forth to the waiver wire, get yourself a warm body. Honestly, that is the thing about best ball is it's there are a lot of nuances that is different between best ball and lineup. So in those deeper leagues, I will say if you get to 35, 36, 37 roster spots total, really regardless of what the starting lineup size is, those are the leagues where you can take stashes. Yes. Right? Because the dudes on the waiver wire, even if they are quote-unquote warm bodies, they're warm bodies who probably only play special teams. And not a lot of leagues reward special teams points. So Correct, correct. There's not a lot of options there. But if you're in, that that's one thing to, to keep in mind when you join a best ball league. How deep are the rosters? Because that's going to change a lot of your opinion. Now, if you're in a, a rebuilding team, or you're just trying to acquire as many assets as possible, you're not really serious about competing, by all means, you know, keep the stashes on your roster. But if you're if you're competing, you don't have any room for these long long shot stashes. Like move them in deals if you can. I mean, a lot of people they're not gonna give you much for them, but maybe they'll give you like a third or a fourth round pick, maybe a fifth round pick if your league goes that deep. Maybe some <laughs> A weird thing to say, right? A really weird thing to fab. say. Get some fab. fab, right? Yeah. It sounds gross. As much as we tout Hunter Long, if I have Hunter Long on a competing team and I can't get rid of him and toss him into a deal, like say with you, Adam, say yeah. you're on a uh, – I, you don't want to take him on a deal. You don't want him as a toss-in or a throw-in or a sweetener or whatever the case is. I can't get rid of him. Yep. Maybe I go to you instead and be like, hey, give me $50 in fab. For Hunter Long, it sounds gross as hell. It sounds absolutely disgusting. It does, but that fab is actually worth more to me yes. on these small mm-hmm. rosters as a competing team than Hunter Long would be at any point. Correct. Hunter Long's not going to get me a player that I can actually plug in for a week, and maybe he hits a spike week or a boom week. So, I know it sounds disgusting to do. It really does. Like, hey, I traded Hunter Long for fifty dollars in fab. <laughs> what? Why would you do that? <laughs> Well, yep. listen. There's a there's a rhyme and reason to to why you do something like that. You know, in week 16, if you need a spot start from a quarterback, or you need that extra quarterback depth to get a guy like Josh Johnson, you now have that leverage to go out and get Josh Johnson. And maybe Josh Johnson's the reason that you make the championship or win the championship. So, yeah, just a You're few just- little points there, especially on the roster size. I think is hugely, hugely important to evaluate when you're looking at best ball. For sure. And then, like, 
when we, that's a lot of the best ball stuff, right? And in best ball, I think another another big thing is you you when we're doing deals, you need to honestly keep these things in mind: lineup or best ball, starting rosters. How many starters do I have weekly? Is it nine? Is it ten? Shallow leagues, we'll call those. Start 12, start 13, start 14. These are deep starting rosters. There's a massive difference there, whether it's lineup or best ball. So, so like, for example, let, let's switch to lineup real quick. If you're in a lineup, start nine or start 10. You want, like Mike said earlier, you want the studs in this format because you can just juice up your starters. And even when you only start nine or 10, I'm not telling you to just completely abandon depth because you need to have depth for injuries. You're almost, it is so unlikely that any single dynasty team, fantasy team in general, makes it through the season with no injuries. You have to have a plan if those things happen. That's why you need depth. But you want the elite guys. You want in start nine as many studs to put in that starting roster as possible. Then if elite guys go down, you need to have some depth to fill in for them as the plan. But what you don't want to do in those type of formats is have a bunch of the middling guys and you don't have the elite scoring in one one spot here and then on top of it you're just going to have a nightmare of decisions who who am i starting here right you got four five six seven wide receivers that are all in the same value good luck picking who's going to pop i know people want to say that's a that's a skill maybe i guess but it, it, it's there's a lot of variance to that too i would say in any league type you probably need depth but there is a point like you're talking about where you have too much depth like if you have six wide receivers, but you can only start four or f- every week, you're going, who are the two odd guys out? Like y- you almost hope a couple of them are on a bye, or maybe yeah. have a hamstring. You know what I mean? Like yeah, as, as shitty as it to like want your own players to not be out, it makes your decision easier. At the quarterback position, you also face that quite a bit. I don't know how many times, in especially in lineup leagues, I'm sitting there going, well, who's got the best matchup? Like, who who faces the worst defense? And I don't know how many times he, I, I picked the wrong guy. That is my biggest complaint about lineup leagues. It's, a lot of it is luck. There are some people out there, and I will fully acknowledge, some people are extremely good at ranking weekly matchups and picking the best players. I am not one of those guys. This is also why I prefer Dynasty, because I prefer the long game. I don't want to play year to year. I don't want to keep constantly having to redraft. I want to use my long-term outlook, my approach, to get my advantage in these leagues. I, I I don't knock anybody who's good at redraft. I actually applaud... Like, wow, you are fantastic at redraft. I, I don't know how you do it. I don't I don't have the the patience to study or scour the waiver wire every week or to study lineups and go all right you know the uh, the Raiders give up the the third most passing yards and you know the game's going to be wet and the last time Tannehill played in a wet game he put up this many yards and he's my start of the week that I mean that's some dedication I would rather think about how I can bend over my league mates in a trade and get that maximum kind of value. But to your point about it, lineup leagues specifically, the shorter the starting rosters, the more important having the studs becomes. The deeper the starting rosters, the more important your depth becomes, 
but to a point. Like if you can start five wide receivers, there's really no point in having eight, nine, like good wide receivers because you still have to make those lineup decisions. Right. I would take two of them, ship them off immediately and try to upgrade, you know, uh, you know, do a two for one. Like, hey, I'll give you two pretty good wide receivers. You're hurting at depth. I need studs. Give me Devontae Adams. And then I know every week I'm starting Devontae Adams no matter what, as long as he's not on the injury report and, you know, dead or on a bye week. Or you do the same thing at, at running back or quarterback. You you actively try to up to, which is really contrary to what I usually try to do in all my dynasty leagues. I love to down tier. Right, yeah. But, but the smaller rosters – you actively need to be trying to up tier and trying to get those studs. And you drafted it a studs and duds approach in that bomb squad league. And I know we had I, I it's nothing against you, but I said to you at the time that in a in a uh, best ball league, it's kind of a dangerous approach to go with studs and duds because you have these turds who just go off on random weeks. And as long as you have a bunch of like decent enough players on your team with a pulse, you know, you, your quarterbacks were far and away better than mine. Let's just look at that. You had Mahomes and, and Aaron Rodgers, MVP Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Those were those were your quarterback. I think I've tried it out. Davis Mills, Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady. And Russ. And Russ. And, you know, I miss Russ for most of the year. But it didn't affect me. I just had five guys I could throw at you every single week. Right. I never had a bad week where I had a – you know, my I, I didn't okay. I never had a week where I didn't fill my super flex position with, with a quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, and this and, is also uh, listeners. This is that league is very heavily weighted with negative. So, it, one of these third quarterbacks absolutely could not make your lineup. And even a guy like Mahomes, right? The negatives were so heavy. Mahomes, there were plenty of weeks, believe it or not, where he missed my lineup for a mediocre skill player. The crazy part about that league, I get a little bit off topic here, was the negatives were so heavy, you would go into a Sunday night or a Monday night game, and Mahomes would throw, in the first half, he would throw just enough yards where you're like, oh yeah, I got this, I got this, oh, man. this baby one. And then he'd come out in the second half and throw a pick six, and it was like a, an instant negative 10 points. <laughs> and you went from winning the league to, to uh, winning the week to losing the week. Just like that on one pass play, and you're going, what, what happened? What just happened? What happened to me? So, back on subject here. Lineup versus best ball. There's something to lineup. There's a lot of strategy for lineup. For best ball, I can tell you this. Unless it's something crazy like you know, start six in in best ball leagues. If you're competing, just stack as much depth as possible. It, the studs really don't matter. This is my approach to it. Studs are great. They bring you more trade value. But if you're competing, down tier those studs and fill out your roster. So if it's uh, 30 players deep, I hope that all 30 players have a chance to make your lineup every single week. If you've got a guy on injured reserve, even though he may be a star, I think I did that exact same thing with uh, as soon as DJ Chark and Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt. Correct. I yep. said, I they're going to be zeros for me, right? I got I got a small enough bench. Let let me get off of them and let me just get some dudes. Like I don't care who they are. Let me get some dudes. And I think that was the trade where I got Devonte Booker and 
you know, uh, Leonard Fournette and maybe like Evan Ingram or something like that returned. And it looks gross as hell, but you, you look at some of those championship weeks, those those guys were making my lineup consistently, <laughs> consistently. Yes. And it's not like my running backs were absolute turds. I think I had Javante Williams and Josh Jacobs and – I don't remember who the hell the other guy Montgomery was. probably, I think. Yeah, David Montgomery, and, yeah. And, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, Javante, early part of the year, wasn't someone you were heavily relying on, right? Because he wasn't doing all that much out of the gate. So there were some times where you had to wait on him, and you still took home the trophy. So, yeah, I think the best ball thing for sure, I think you're right where you want as many people that have a shot to make your lineup as possible – I wouldn't say ignore the studs completely, but if you have to put so much consolidation into a stud that you're losing two, three, four, especially starters, you got to really ask yourself, is this wise? Because like for me, my team on that, in that, in that league, it, it was good. I had a lot of studs. I had Kelsey, you know, Adams, Mahomes, Rogers, DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, a lot of guys that were great fantasy players this year. But Swift gets hurt for the playoffs for the most part. Comes back and didn't do much. And I think I was out for the championship anyway. Travis Kelsey, he gets COVID the week of week 15 when I'm playing Mike. Like, if you have the studs and duds approach, those two guys being out, if you have a shallow depth roster in best ball, that that could be all it takes to derail your team. And that's your... I mean, I, I hate to say it because it was my team, but you're riding on very thin ice, man. That's the reality of that. So I, I think that was really good getting into some of that stuff. Let me let me ask you this then, too. So with start, let's say it's start 12 or start 13 in a lineup. I think there you, you still have to have some studs if, if you can hold them. You want to have some depth. And depth is very important in that one because if you like if you lose two or three guys and you have to start twelve or thirteen and you don't have depth, you're you're throwing out nobodies in lineup and you're you're toast in that because you're good luck picking wide receiver sixty and below that's gonna pop every week. So you still want to have some studs there. It's a balance, I think, there of studs and depth. Like you said, you don't want to have too much depth. So so what 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 would be your strategy if it's a deep starting lineup versus like a shallow exactly? So what's paid off for me in the past, and this is going to be a shout-out to my boys in the NFC East League, Asterix, Liebert, Love Them Hogs, Paris Goose. If you guys are listening, they saw me win this thing, not last year. Last year was the first year of a nuclear rebuild, but the year before, so 2020, I won that thing. And the reason I won that thing is because I took the studs that we're talking about because it's a deeper starting roster. I took the studs like the Patrick Mahomes I had. Right. Um Man, I'm trying to think of the other guys I had. There was there was multiple studs I had where there's like four or five, and I just kept down tiering them yes. and getting and getting multiple pieces. So I don't remember what I did at the wide receiver position, but I kept getting guys like you know like a Robert Woods like tossed in as a deal. Like Zeke was still in his prime prime value at the time, and I down tier to uh, Josh Jacobs. You know, second year coming off of his rookie year, which was pretty successful. And then I took a Josh Jacobs and I down down tier. This is quotation marks down tier to a Derrick Henry and pick up a Robert Woods. I did the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. I'd go from Patrick Mahomes to 
Kyler Murray. And then I went from Kyler Murray to like Aaron Rodgers and then like a bunch extra added onto it. Now, some of it is luck because I hit the hit the lottery with with older guys that people devalued, like Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Allen Robinson was on that team. Adam Thielen had a good year. Uh, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Travis Kelsey. But I, all I did was I started with an elite core of guys, and I was just like, every one of these positions, I'm going to try to down tier. And sometimes I down tier twice. But the point is, there was guys who were sitting on my bench who would have been starters for other people, and it especially came to play in in the playoffs where I'd be playing a team, and literally my fourth running back would be their best running back on their team. And even though that guy might be sitting in my flex spot or in regards to wide receiver, like, you know, maybe Adam Thielen was sitting on my bench. That guy isn't playing against me. That's already a win. Right. Even if he's not scoring me points, he's on my bench, not scoring points against me, which is completely fine. As long as the other players in the lineup are decent enough to score like starter level points. They don't have to be elite studs. I don't need the Tyreek Hills. I don't need the Devonta Adams. In those deeper leagues, I'm a big proponent of depth. But like I mentioned earlier, it just can't be too much depth. I don't mind having one or two like really or three really good players sitting on my bench ready to go at a moment's notice in case something bad happens. But I also don't want four or five of those guys sitting on my bench. I don't want four wide receivers that I can't start because I don't have enough positions just hanging out because those are absolutely completely worthless to me. So it's that weird balancing act where the smaller the smaller the roster, the more you just the smaller the starting lineup, the more you got to compress that and just and push for more studs yes. and then just kind of get some replacement level dudes to fill in. If yep. you absolutely need to condense those deep, your lineup, man, those condense deeper ones, those deeper ones, you have so many more opportunities to get boned where you need that depth because you don't, especially those deeper starting lineups, you don't want to be starting a, a, like if it was this year, you don't want to have to be forced to pick the weeks. Kendrick Bourne is going to be a good wide receiver. Like I wouldn't feel very good starting Kendrick Bourne as a, in a wide receiver spot. Sure. He may go off, but there's a good possibility I get nothing from (laughs) absolutely nothing. So that's my philosophy on it. Does yours differ at all? No, I think that you really did a good job breaking that down. That's truly what I believe too. I think too, like what you were hitting on there at the end, just to kind of finish that in those shallow lineup leagues, right? Start nine, start 10. Mike, I think said this, I did too. Reiterating. You cannot just forego death because if you absolutely forego death, you leave yourself exposed. Leave yourself a little bit of depth in those in case. Even if worst case scenario happens there, especially at wide receiver, this is part of why Mike and I do not like to invest early in startups or too much into the elite wide receivers. Last year, right? Let's use this year, for example. If you lost your wide receiver too, let's say it's a start nine, you're only starting two receivers. You lost your wide receiver too. Let's say you lost like a guy like DJ Moore and you lost, uh, he got hurt, I'm saying, right? And let's say who, who else got hurt? AJ Brown got hurt, right? So you lost those guys. And then Allen Robinson you're relying on and he's not good this year. What's it going to cost you in that type of a league to go out and get Hunter Renfro, right? That that can plug 
that gap. Now, granted, it's not an elite guy there, but if you're elite everywhere else, you can fill that gap pretty quickly. So you want to have some depth in those leagues. But in those leagues, if you have to go out and buy a replacement level piece to finish out your title run, it's not going to cost you too much if you're doing it, especially at the wide receiver position. That was kind of one last thing I wanted to talk about there on that approach. I think one thing, too, that we need to mention, at the end of the day, it's still dynasty. It's still dynasty. I know some people get too caught up and they want to play it like a redraft. It works for some people. All right, I'm not going to discredit it at all. We, we all know those people who like to push in every single year and do whatever it takes to try to make the playoffs. I think we've laid out before that that's not a strategy I'm, I'm comfortable with. I understand it works for some people. I can't do it. So for you out there, if you're listening to us and paying attention to it, I just want you to remember that no matter what we talk about here, in the long run, it's still dynasty. So I'm not going to sell my soul for a Hunter Renfro, just because I need him to fill in, right? Or even in the best ball, I talk about it's it, it's okay to have some of these crusty, gross guys. I'm, I'm not going to sell my dynasty soul no. to go get crusty, gross, gross guys. I may make some trades that might look a little bit gross. You know, if I take DJ Chark and I trade Juju Smith-Schuster and I get Lenny I get Evan Ingram, I get Devontae Booker, and whatever the hell else I got thrown in on that thing. Like, it kind of looks gross on the surface, but at the time, it was a very calculated risk where I'm like, Lenny's ascending. Like, Lenny is is putting up some numbers. I still believe maybe Evan Ingram has some sort of bounce back. Devontae Booker is a whatever. That's a a half-year rental of a a complete replacement-level guy, but it gives me a little bit depth. That's more like a throw-in. At the time, I would say, right now, if we talk about it, if you were to make that trade, you'd look like an idiot. But at the time, DJ Chark, Juju Smith-Schuster's value is completely depressed because they're not playing it. They're out for their year or close to the year. So at the end of the day, just remember, whatever trades you're making or whatever moves you're making, you're, you're more likely to make them in season especially if you're in that competing thing, which might be borderline gross, but they make sense. If you're making those kind of moves now to go get crusty old guys that we don't really know who's going to be the the dude to, to help you win that championship, I can't get behind that one right now. It's still dynasty. You still want to just try to stack as much value as possible. And then once you get to the season and you get more information about which backup running back is, is is getting a lot of touches or might take the lead role? Which one of these wide receivers or, or tight ends is, is kind of having a breakout at an age that we kind of just wrote them off at? That's the kind of time to go make those moves. Don't make those moves now because that's not smart from the dynasty perspective. But keep it in mind for when you get to the season. Have enough assets available to you where if your goal in a, a best ball or a lineup is to to go after one of these titles and your team is in a good spot, that that you have the assets, the ammunition to, to go make those moves at that time. Just just don't don't try to make them now. I will say if you're going to down tier for more depth, you can absolutely do that right now as long as you're getting good dynasty value back. Like if somebody – Jamar Chase is a great one since it always seems to be the hot topic on Jamar Chase. Yeah. 
I, I said it on the trade show. If you get T. Higgins and a first-round pick for yes. Jamar Chase, I'm in yep. to do that. That That's two assets. I get to down tier, and I pick up another asset. Now, whether that, that first is this year, 23, 24, I really don't care. It really doesn't matter. That's an extra piece. If I'm going as a contender, T. Higgins is going to score close to Jamar Chase, Plus, I have another asset, whether I end up drafting or not. Say it's a 22 pick. I can draft that pick right now, and that may help me on my title push. Or while I'm in season, I may approach a team like Adam, who's who's out of the, the, the playoffs, who's just yeah. rebuilding, and be like, hey, I got this extra pick. If I package it with my pick, what could that get me off your team? Yes. And if Adam, you know, maybe Adam's got an older asset that he's not really too fond of. He's like, hey, I got Devontae Adams. I'm, I'm looking to get off Devontae Adams. Hey, perfect. I'll give Here you two first. I'll give you two first for Devontae Adams. Adam's happy because he got more than probably what he should have for Devontae Adams. And I'm happy because I got Devontae Adams. And it, I don't I don't care if I get two or three more years out of Devontae Adams. I, I care about what Devontae Adams gives me right now. So that's the general gist of it. We, we also, Mike and I, part of the reason we have a show, we, if you were there for episode one, we both joined Ray's Discord, the Heisman tier, within a month of each other, and we found out that we have a kind of a sick mind meld, right? We just outrageously, out of nowhere, our minds are in the exact same spot when it comes to the Dynasty Fantasy Football, among other things. So some of the things Mike and I discussed here, match well and he he was talking right there about breaking down chase to two assets all right so so mike i had an exercise i felt like we should bring to the people here at 40 chess the dynasty degenerates out there all right here's the exercise i want to do after we talk through all this i'm gonna go shot out of a cannon i'm gonna give you a deal i'm gonna give you two for ones three for ones and maybe even one four for one just to Kind of get spicy. All right. The answers, though, because I want to break it down to the episode, right? This deal, line up, start nine. Just for just for okay. the, the listeners. All right. Okay. So we're going to answer all these trades. Line up, start nine. Line up, start 13. Best ball, start nine. Best ball, start 13. Fair enough? Fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. All right, let's let's start with a couple two for ones. Now, I drew most of these up while Mike was chatting because it we mind well, mind meld well, and I was already thinking about doing this. I'm like, you know what? While he's going through this, let me let me draw drop uh, draw up some deals here that are. I used uh, Matt Kelly's Dominator app just to make sure the values were close on there. Um, yeah. If you're at home and you you know if you're listening to this driving whatever you're doing, and you're thinking ah. Have your own opinion. This is what Mike and I would do in these different settings, just to give you an idea of actual application to your leagues that differ. Okay. okay. Two for one. Ready? Yep. Justin Jefferson for Deontay Johnson and Michael Pittman. If that's a lineup start nine, I'd rather have Justin Jefferson. Even Agreed. though I'm, I'm the Agreed. master of down tier. Give me Justin Jefferson because I want the the studs, the elite guys. And those two guys, as much as I love Deontay Johnson, as much as I think Michael Pittman has risen 
in rankings, they, they still don't equal Justin Jefferson in that kind of format. All right, lineup, lineup, start 13. Lineup, start 13. How many how many wide receivers are starting in this theoretical? You know, the standard start. Theory. Yeah. So if it's 13, I would say that should be start three receivers, start two running backs. So that's five. Tight end would be six. Quarterback, quarterback flex, seven. that's eight. Yep. So now you're talking, what is that? Five, five flexes. Five flex, three starting wide receivers. Yep. Give me the down tier. Give me the down tier. Agreed. Agreed. As much as I love JJ, give me the down tier because I can I can slide Deontay into a starting wide receiver spot. I can probably slide Michael Pittman into my wide receiver three spot, which would actually be a pretty big advantage over what a lot of people are going to start in the wide receiver three spot. Yep. At worst case, he's a flex option, and I got plenty of flex where I can fit him in. Absolutely. Okay. Now, best ball, start nine. Best ball – I think I still want the down tier even in a start nine. I, so my answer is going to be the closest, same for both. But I still, I still agree. You want Deontay and Pittman. Which, yeah, I want the two guys. I want the two shots at them having wide receiver one weeks over the one shot of Justin Jefferson. Even though he may be more consistent. I think if you were to average out the, the weeks of Deontay and Michael Pittman being wide receiver ones, I bet you hit more green check marks like, yep, one of these Correct. guys was a wide receiver one. Yep, one of these guys was a wide receiver one. Then you would the the consistency pattern of uh, Justin Jefferson over 17 games. 100%. And, and this is the other thing to keep in mind, too. With Justin Jefferson, as great as he is, and, and he's capable by himself with no one else. on. Like in best ball, you're basically saying, give me the best weeks of Deontay Johnson and Michael Pittman versus – just singularly every week of Justin Jefferson. That's what this is exercise is kind of going through. It's great as Justin Jefferson is, right? In half point PPR, he was under 10 points in week one. So he maybe he makes your lineup, but there's in start nine? No, he's not making your lineup there, right? Not in the start nine, he ain't. Uh week eight, three points. He's not making your lineup. No, he's, he's a zero. And then the same thing in week 17, which is crazy because that's your fantasy championship. 8.8. So the point there is in best ball, okay, maybe the combination of Deontay and Pittman don't beat him every week, but the consistency gives you a much better chance with those two guys. And if they both pop off for wide receiver two weeks, that's that's two there's two pieces in your lineup where if Jefferson misses, you're out. So Jefferson probably has a higher ceiling week, week in and week out, but you're going to win – more often than not in best ball. So, so that answers your question to move to the uh, start start 13. It's not. Yeah. that That's a prime example, too, of what we were talking about in Bomb Squad with you, your, your build versus my build, right? And this isn't – I'm not trying to shit on Adam. Like, uh, low-key, no cap, I'm trying to gloat a little bit. But I do want to make this point about it. It's a start, <laughs> it's a start 10 league, right? Yeah, right. And that's the biggest thing. If you if you come up, you and I face off any given week, right? You had a much higher ceiling than my team because of your star power. Yep. If your stars hit, you were going to beat my ass. 
Yeah, and, and, and I had two stacks, too. I had Adams yes. and Rodgers and Kelsey and Mahomes, which are yes. two of your favorite stacks. But even with that being said, while maybe if I hit my best week, how many times is are they both – those both stacks are going to go off at the same time where Mike is just down the list, right? It's down the list. All these guys, he just comes at you over and over and over again. And then he gets guys like Darrell Williams who are going to go for 25-30 on some week, right? So then all of a sudden – He's coming at you with so many more options where my depth is so, so much lighter. So where, I mean, Hey, if, if Kelsey doesn't get COVID or Swift doesn't get hurt, maybe the odds are different, but the reality is the principle still needs to be the same, which is you're exposed when you have a studs and does approach. Right? So it had, I went through the season healthy and won, it's still actually probably not the right play. It's way more risky because you're just so exposed with that. So this is like uh Two two different style fighters squaring off, right? You your your team was the the fighter who has that insane one punch knockout power, where you could just lay me flat on my ass at any moment, and there's yep. nothing I can do about it. If we were to fight a hundred times, you're gonna get some wins. You're gonna get some massive wins, some like superstar highlight moment wins, right? My team was fought more like Floyd Mayweather, where I'm just, you know, Stamina. I'm hitting the jab. I'm hitting the jab. I'm playing defense. I'm hitting the jab. Yep. You can't, you can't really hurt me. Stamina, occasionally, man. Occasionally, we might get that one where you get that power off and 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 you knock me out cold. But over the long haul, I'm just gonna wear you down. So yes. if our teams were to play a hundred times head to head, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but I think it's probably fair to say like. 75 25 in, you were, in my favor if you ran that simulation 100 fucking yeah so you, you beat me i'd say at least two out of three or three out of four there's no debate there mike won more high the weeks than anyone and won the championship it wasn't it's not up for debate i feel that all right let's get to that the next deal what do we all got? right we'll go, we'll go right so, back at it yeah let, let's keep them flowing all right so let's do another two for one we're going to switch positions here okay i'm going to get a little spicy because we started in the bomb squad to sleeper shot at the sleeper out there. They've in- incorporated a lot of the rookies now and almost all of them. So I'm going to get some 22. Yeah. Rookies a big, in here. big, big shout out. Just time a big shout out to sleeper. Marcus, yes. uh, a member of our Patreon, hitting us up in the DMS, you know, man, giving great feedback, but he, he has been saying that they have been diligently working to get the rookies in earlier than they ever have, which is a, a matter of fact. I, I believe last year they weren't in until around the combine, if I can remember right. And we only went one week where we had to use replacement or placeholder players for, for the guys like Christian Watson or uh, Sky Moore. I'm trying to think of like some of the other ones that are in there. And then we come back this week, do a mock draft for our patrons, and and all those guys are in there. They're they're all in there. Seven Arthur's shout out. He goes, Yeah, we got them all in. And then hey, yeah, by the way, we've uh we've updated the ADP so the second and third round guys look more accurate. They show up on your list more accurately. He goes, We're gonna hold it here for a couple weeks. It's just gonna be static ADP, but eventually as more people get into mock drafts, we're gonna we're gonna cut it loose and then user input will take place and the ADPs will be adjusted on the ranks. And I'm going, wow, like sleeper is is going hard at it this year, and I'm all for it, especially for a guy who who just craves this dynasty, these rookie drafts, these mock drafts. So big shout out to Sleeper. I'll I'll let you get back to the point. Much like us that that trying to get better and make the process 
always, always finessing and working to make the process the best it can. That that was in a week to have all those guys up. That was pretty impressive, man. So shout out to Sleeper Marcus. Two for one. Let's get back to it. DeAndre Swift for Travis Etienne and Isaiah Spiller. I think in that one, in a start nine lineup league, give me the two running backs because of how volatile the running back position is. Even though I love DeAndre Swift, and we just talked about the wide receivers, I think that's probably where I draw the line right there, even in a start nine, mm-hmm. because the running back position is so damn volatile. It is. Yes. They, I yes. mean, DeAndre Swift, prayers up, I hope it never happens, gets hurt and misses the season. I would be absolutely devastated, where at least with Travis Etienne and Isaiah Spiller, I got two good shots at back-end RB1, high-end RB2 production. So give me those two guys because the running back position is very volatile. So with that being said, I mean, essentially, when we play this game, if you answer you want the two in start nine, like we can stop going through the rest because it's not worth it. Same thing. Yeah, absolutely. That that was based on player profiler, uh, dominators, what do you want to call it? Trade value. So let, I would let, say, let's the, say... Di- the difference would be, and it's because of the way I tier things. If you change DeAndre Swift to JT, that's JT all day. Well, well, that's what I was going to say. And that's let... JT probably still in start 13 or 14. Yep. So I was going to say, let's do two things, actually. Let's make this two more deals. So let, let's, instead of that, let's say it's Jonathan Taylor for those two. And then what I'm also going to do is Swift for then Spiller, and I'm going to down-tier ETN to someone else. So while you're talking, you do that. I'm going to work on this. All right, so if it's JT, I want JT in the start nine for sure over those two guys. Yeah. Because JT is such that stud. I mean, he's he's health, even though I just said that the running back position is volatile, that guy remains very, very healthy. He takes care of his body, and he's a walking 20 to 40-point running back every single week, every single week, because he can house that thing from 80, 90 yards on a whim. Give him a crease, and he's gone. Yes, yes. Swift, in the receiving game, I say if he gets some space, he's gone. But I really don't view Swift as that kind of guy where if the blocking's there, he's going to just house it. He he has the ability to. He just hasn't shown it to the level Jonathan Taylor has. Like, we have – we have the film, we have the data, the miles per hour, the tracking yeah. to go. Like Jonathan Taylor can almost jog the last 20 yards because he's already out sprinted the entire defense. Yeah, I mean, a, gr- it, a great crease, great run for both running backs, something that Swift may make 25, 30 yards. Jonathan Taylor has the ability to get to the edge and make that a, instead of a 30 yard gain or 25 yard gain, a 75 yard touchdown. That is, that is. Sometimes it's this that's just the subtlety of what makes the elite guy so much more, right? Absolutely. That's why he is in a tier of his own. Yes. As much as I love DeAndre Swift and he's my RB2, he's your RB2. We can clearly identify that there's a <laughs> Jonathan Taylor and then probably when we do it on the dynasty ranks, we were talking about it last night, that there needs to be like a gap. There needs to be like two spaces. Right, <laughs> and, right. And then and then DeAndre Swift. That, that's yep. what it needs to look like visually. So, okay. So, Jonathan Taylor start nine. Lineup, or lineup start nine, sorry. 
Lineup start 13. Jonathan Taylor, Spiller, and Etienne. I think at that point, that's where I make the differentiation that I need to take the two guys. I need to take the double depth. Yep. Okay. Best ball, start nine. This is going to be one of the few times in best ball where I'm going to take the stud. I really am going to take the stud because of those. I'm glad you weeks. said that too, because it's it's the exception to the rule, but there are going to be times where the stud does outweigh the two. I agree with you here. In, in the the start thirteen, I still want the two guys in best ball, but in the start nine best ball, it's going to be. It, it really is. It's one of the absolute rarest exceptions where I go. JT is just something else. And he gives me such an advantage because he is so damn consistent. Correct. I think I bet, it, I bet if you look at his consistency over, like you did it for Justin Jefferson, being a running back of JT's caliber, I bet he doesn't have very many bad weeks, if if if, if any, over that time span. Correct. And, and the other thing too, forty chess. That's what this is, right? Taylor in start nine best ball still is so valuable. You keep him there. You'd want him there. But also with 4D chess, you take Taylor there, the value. Who knows what happens when injuries start playing, and you could end up trading Taylor away then to someone else for way more. Three pieces that can make your lineup, and then all of a sudden you've won out. So I, I want Taylor in my lineup, and it also could work out where the value down the road, you can you can move him. So l- let's go on to a different one here. Najee Harris. For David Montgomery and Brees Hall, the Iowa State tandem. The Iowa State tandem. In a start nine, I want Najee. Yes. Start 13, I want the tandem. Yep. And in best ball, both of them, I want the tandem. Tandem. Agreed. Yes. All right, let's go to tight end. Okay. Two for one. Mark Andrews for Pat Fryermuth and Dallas Goddard. Start nine, that's not even a question. Yeah. Absolutely not a question. Nope. Start Andrews. 13 of lineup. Man, I think I still want Andrews. Is that, is that say, weird to say? No. Just no, because no. the tight end is so damn gross outside of the elite guys? I think part of the exercise here, I'm glad you said that. Part of the exercise here is also understanding the position and understanding what's happening in the trade. Even in start 13, Andrews at the tight end position is such a difference maker because it's yes. so shallow. So even though it is you want depth there, your lineup, so you have to pick. You have to pick between those guys at your tight end spot. Give me Andrews. Best ball start nine, Andrews. Best ball start 13. Wow, that's a tough one. Because tight end two especially in best ball, if you don't got to pick them, give me the package in that one. Yes. I think give me the package in that one because Fryermuth or who was the other? I don't even remember. Who uh, it's Fryermuth and Goddard. And Goddard. Either one of those two guys in a start 13 format in best ball could luck into two touchdowns. For sure. Easily. For sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't have to make the lineup decision. Yes. In a start nine. I still want that positional advantage in best ball, but in start 13, I think that's where I make the differentiation that give me the stud tight end at that point because – or give me give me the, uh, the the two guys over the stud at that point because those guys could luck into touchdowns very easily on any given week. 
A hundred percent, man. Okay, good. We we are in full agreement on these. The tight end, Andrews for Pat and Goddard. Lineup start nine, Andrews. Lineup start 13, Andrews. Best ball start nine, Andrews. Best ball start 13, the package. Three for one. All right. Let's go three for ones here. Jonathan Taylor for Brees Hall, Elijah Mitchell, and Dallas Goddard. Lineup start nine. That's not a question. Lineup start 13. Give me Jonathan Taylor. Best ball start nine. Give me the package. And then best ball start 13. Give me the package. 100%. This is... I want to go through this and then we can kind of debut it out actually. All right. So you want you want Taylor in the lineups, you want the package in the best balls, regardless of the lineup size. One more three for one. You ready? Justin Herbert for Matt Corral, Malik Willis, and DJ Moore. Lineup start nine. Give me Justin Herbert. Lineup start 13, give me the package. Yep. Best ball, give me the package for both of them. Yeah, agreed. I, I think this is – I think you, you could carve that up into a bunch of different players and values. I think the thing to keep in mind here is your lineup size and if it's best ball or lineup league with the elite quarterbacks in particular, Right. The elite quarterbacks in start nine, start 10 lineup, or start 10, right? Lineup leagues, those guys are so much more valuable than almost everybody because you cannot, it's so hard to replace them in shallow lineup leagues. But the thing about them is when you, if you can down tear them in the other formats, they're worth so much that what you get in, in the return is just crazy. So that's why, like, Mike and I like to down tear them. The caveat, though, is understanding your league. I think that's the big takeaway here. Understand your league, your league settings, your league size, rosters, you know, how many you're starting, how big the roster is, the best ball lineup. That, that's kind of the whole takeaway here. That is the exact takeaway, is understanding your scoring settings, understanding your league size, understanding your format. If it's lineup, it's best ball. It does change enough. It, it doesn't change it completely right i I like to see there's people out there who think oh it's best ball mccall hardman's worth you know more than what he'd normally be worth in the lineup not really i mean it's still mccall he's still not a very good player it's correct the reality is the reality i think is here if it's a deal that's close right when you look at the deal and the dynasty values if you're like us Put startups to them. Start thinking about what these players are worth. Where are they going to go in startups? If you get to the deal and it's close, right? If it's in the neighborhood, that's when these type of exercises are are pivotal. What is your league? Because yeah, if it's a if it's a deal where it's weighted heavily one side, I, I could make deals up real quick that will. I don't care what the format is. We want this side because it's way out there. But when it's close, you need to lean what your league settings are if they're drastically different. I think that's the big exercise. I got one last one here for you, Mike. This is a four for one. Four for one, all right? Only way you can really get four for one is when you get to that elite, elite quarterback tier, essentially, or Taylor, maybe. So this is the one I got. Josh Allen 
for Zach Wilson, Drake London, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Kenneth Walker. Start that little, nine. That's a little tougher because so many people in it. Start nine. I'm going to caveat this by saying if it's start nine, I'm, I'm valuing it from a competing roster. Correct. I got to take Josh Allen against my better judgment. I have to take Josh Allen in yes. any other format other than lineup start nine. I want the package period. Even in, I'm going to caveat this also by saying even in lineup start nine, that package is so damn appealing for Josh Allen. I'm already thinking about ways I can take those pieces and turn them into something else. Yes. Like, like maybe I don't get a Josh Allen back. Maybe I get a Joe Burrow back and then I get a good RB two or a wide receiver two. And I package four of those guys to go get two guys at a really good position. Like if I can't chess. just, if I can't just down tier Josh Allen to Joe Burrow straight up, maybe if I overwhelm the guy with four dudes, I get Joe Burrow and then I get, you know, insert wide receiver two in a, in a start nine. But yeah, if we're talking just from like strict contender, I'm not going to be able to trade these dudes after this week that I make this trade. Yeah. Start nine. I still want Josh Allen. Any other format, give me the package. I think the, the big thing too here is I, I specifically did it this way where all four of those pieces are – there's no – four for one if they're pieces like this where they're all true valuable players, right? Kenneth Walker, Drake London, they're going to go in the first round this year in rookies. Amon Ra is worth a first-round pick. We've kind of been in agreement on here. And Zach Wilson we think is still a buy. So you're down-tearing really far on quarterback, but every one of these pieces is valuable. So – in a four for one, if you moved out some of these guys and you're throwing in junk, that's the problem. Don't do that. But if you're talking four real assets, real pieces, if you're getting into the deep leagues as far as the lineup starting or you're in best ball, you more often than not are going to want the four chances. I'm in full agreement, man. I think the the big takeaway, like you had mentioned earlier, just kind of know what your settings are. It's going to differentiate or be tiebreakers in a lot of these deals that you're going to go out and make or how you construct your roster. Mm-hmm. And it leads to a master segue point because we could talk about this for another hour. We could, we could continue for another hour Easy. easily. Master segue point right here. If you want more of this, check us out. Patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. It's a dollar. You get in, you get the Discord, you get our extra podcast that we do. That thing usually runs two hours plus. I don't think we've we've done one lately that's been less than that because we could just talk and talk and talk about Dynasty and strategy for hours. We chop but it up. The Discord's dope too. You get instant access to us. You can put some of these deals in. You can give us the context of your trade, what your lineup is. If it's a best ball, if it's a, a lineup league, how many players you're starting, what the scoring settings are, you know, any extra information you can give us, and we can give you the best possible trade scenario for you or maybe ideas that you didn't think about. So, like I said, it's a dollar. Check us out. If you don't like it after a month, no harm, no foul. It was, it was good to have you. I appreciate you supporting us, but that's it. 
For me, that's going to do it for us tonight because we got to get out of here. Any last things you wanted to tell these fine people before we bounce? Not at all. Another episode in the books. This was a good one. I, I wanted to make something that was applicable for everyone listening to the podcast to kind of give you some context. And like Mike said, if you liked any of this, come check us out. We have such a good growing community. And even when Mike and I can't get right back to you, there's so many people in there that are learning and trying to get the same information as everyone else that's on this podcast or that's coming to our discord you should really come check it out if you're listening an hour and whatever this is in come check us out i promise you will not be disappointed yeah give it a try i think what you mentioned there is one of the coolest things about the community that we're starting to build and it keeps growing is people are listening to us they're taking what we we do and applying they're making some really good really good trades, really good deals within their leagues and setting themselves up for great success. But we got that trade advice channel and sometimes I'll be at work for 12 hours and I don't get a chance to check it and I'll go back and I'll look and somebody will ask a question and there'll be three or four patrons who answered it. And I'm like, I I don't have anything to add to it. You said exactly what I was going to say. This is, it's a hell of a community that we're growing here. We appreciate everyone who's supporting us and following us through this journey. It's been incredible. For those of you who didn't get to see it or aren't aware, your boy McNutted made the trade show with Ray G. I'm still smiling to this day about it. It was an incredible experience being able to chop up with him on YouTube, breaking down trades and diving into the way I would approach it. So it's been fun. This journey has been wild. We appreciate you tapping in. If you've listened this far, you're obviously – either just left it on in the background while you're doing something else not paying attention <laughs> or it just coming back or you really enjoy what we're talking about so that's why you know i want to put that patreon out there reach out to us on twitter if you ever have anything at iowa michael at atm 40 chess that's going to do it for me i'm going to get way too long-winded if i keep that's, going with this that's it if you want to come check us out do it if not Please remember, we're not going anywhere. We're coming back every single week right here. We'll be here week in and week out, giving you the good stuff, the best we can every hour, once a week. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 4D chess. That'll do it for us. Peace out. Peace.